Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people who are still watching Christmas content. It's still Hate Watch Holidays over at Hate Watch with us. Yay! Yay! We watched two more movies this week, but only one of them is Hallmark. And yep. one of them is better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Also coming back at you with another trilogy. Oh, yeah, we love them trilogies. This is the year of Christmas trilogies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to tell the good people what we watched? Nope. Are you here? Yeah, Did I'm I here. lose you? you here? Yeah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. That was scary. It was scary. Almost as scary as the curse that almost befell the firstborn of the kingdom of Aldovia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was going to take it further, but I couldn't remember the main character's name. <laughs> you mean Queen Amber of New York? You're right. How could I forget a name like Amber? Queen Amber of New York. Yikes. Yep. I've never met an Amber who wasn't unhinged. That is so valid. <laughs> That's super valid. Um, so yeah, we watched Christmas Prince 3, The Royal yep. Baby. Yep. And then we watched Christmas in Rome... A Hallmark Channel original with our good friend Lacey. <laughs> you know what I learned uh, from our other good friend Candace is that <laughs> I have been saying Lacey's last name wrong this whole time. How are you supposed to say it? Chabert. Yeah. Lacey Chabert. What did you think it was? I don't really know, to be honest. I've never tried <laughs> to say it out loud. <laughs> I see. I was totally content with Shambert if it came to that. <laughs> I mean, I knew it wasn't that, but it would have been fine. I feel like this is just your bias against the Quads coming out. <laughs> <laughs> eh, what you gonna do? Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, I did really enjoy seeing Candace again. In all of the movies we recorded <laughs> over that one yep. weekend. Because she does, like, the... <coughs> Excuse me, I'm choking on my, on my whiskey. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Give me a moment. How are you choking on your whiskey? You were literally <coughs> in the middle of words. Like, what kind of sorcery? <laughs> I was trying to have some kind of, like, like, whiskey feeding tube so that you could keep talking. <laughs> Just, like, no funnels into your throat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Jesus Christ, Kelsey. <laughs> okay, I'll stop drinking and start podcasting. <laughs> anyway, Candace does all of the intros and outros for every commercial break for all of these Hallmark, Hallmark movies. So on the DVR. We get to see her being like, welcome back from Rome. I'm still here. And it's just, it's just so much. And then she says chow every time. Yeah, she sure does. Yeah. At least she doesn't say photographer. That's true. <laughs> photographer! Photographer! You're <laughs> photographer! Oh, man. Um... I feel like we should tackle Christmas in Rome first because we have less okay. to say about it. Let's do it. I know this without conferring with you. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yes. So, Christmas in Rome. Like I said, it's our good friend Lacey. 
Lacey's looking a little rough. Lacey yep. doesn't have a good makeup artist for this movie. Nope. This was this was unfortunate for friend Lacey. Yeah. And it also has Joan's shitty husband from Mad Men in it, and I refuse to acknowledge him by any other name than that, because he's a oh. dirtbag. Yeah. That guy. That guy. That guy. I'll never like him. He was never oh, good enough for her. That explains his, like, smug-ass face. Yeah. Here, look at this picture of his smug fucking dumb face. His big dumb bro face. Hold on. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. Yeah, he's just like, mm. They do mm. kind of look like siblings. Ew, they, oh no. <laughs> Or at least, like, first cousins. Yeah. Oh. Oh, no. But I think it's the, like, cakey bronzer that they put on both of them, to be honest. Yeah, it wasn't good on anyone. No. So, besides the bronzer, um, this movie is about Lacey, who is a expat living in Italy, and she is a tour guide, and... Mm-hmm. Then Joan's husband comes to Italy on a business trip, and he's, like, another typical Hallmark businessman who likes spreadsheets and closing deals. If you've listened to our last episode about Sense, Sensibility, and Snowman, yeah, it's the same. It's exactly the same. Yeah. And she gets fired from her job and meets him and decides she'll be his personal tour guide, which is, like, just shy of being, like, a an escort. Yep. And she shows him the spirit of Christmas, of course, at the same time um, that she's helping him close his business deal. And um, what else does she do? Teaching him how to knead bread. <laughs> yes, we do need some bread. Did you That's already talk about how skill. she gets to start her own tour business no we didn't get there yet please go forth um so they they have gallivanting fun times across rome while teaching him about like the soul of rome i guess and christmas at the same time (laughs) yeah because that's because that's what he needs in order to take over this like fine ceramics business yes and um he thinks that she's such a good tour guide with such a deep appreciation for Rome that she should start her own tour company. So he um, builds her a business plan and lines up a meeting with investors. Yeah. And then I, and like the whole point of the tour company is that it's like custom tours. So I guess you tell the tour guide what you want to do. And the tour guide takes you to do it, which is So it's kind of like yachting. It's like yachting, I suppose, yes. Like, he, he has a preference sheet. He ha- Okay, when you put it like that, I can no longer make fun of the premise of her tour company. <laughs> because, because now it actually, I see where the niche is <laughs> in the ecosystem. <laughs> Sorry to blow your <laughs> argument. Here I was trying to be like, oh, private tours. Like, who wants to show up in Italy and pick their own tour and pay someone? <laughs> but yeah, you're just giving someone a preference sheet is what you're doing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I will judge her for um, her just like... Full-on assertion that she knows all of the hidden secrets of Rome. And she's lived there for, like, how long? Four years or something? Five years, I think. Five years. And she's like, I know everything about Rome, and I know every person in Rome. And all she does is basically take him to a park to prove that she knows all the secret things about Rome. And she's like, this is a spot you could look at the city from. And no one else knows about it. I am a good tour guide. My favorite moment of this where it's like, you know, insider scoop saves the day 
is, uh, and we'll get to it, but the climactic scene at the end where she's trying to race to catch him in St. Peter's Square, and um, and they're like, we're never going to get there in time, and she's like, that's what Vespas are for. Because uh-huh. Lacey, the expat, invented the Vespa. Like, I saw this scene in the Lizzie McGuire movie. I don't need to see it now. Also, there's, like, a whole plot with GPS. Oh, where she puts the tracker in his pocket. That I just can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yes. And then he, like, takes it as, like, a sweet yeah. token to remember her by after she stops answering his calls. <laughs> you know, when we started to record this episode, I had a momentary, like, m- moment of alarm, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, because I was on Instagram... And I got this ad, and it was, like, a clip-on device, and the quote was, like, it finds my children and my pets every time. And I was, like, who needs a GPS tracking uh, yep. device for their children? And then I was, like, oh. Yeah, yep, now it's, here we now are. we come full circle, and it's, it's all full circle. <laughs> yeah, Lacey, it, like, it one of the sure reasons is. she gets fired from her tour company is because she, like, loses someone in one of the tours. And so then when she takes him on a tour, she's like, first rule of tour guide is you don't lose your people. And he's like, oh, it's a one-on-one tour. She's like, oh, well. <laughs> but it's just because it's a plot device. A literal yeah. plot device. hey Oh. I also feel like this tour company was no, not they wrong not. to fire she her. She's working for one of those, like, big tour companies where they, like, walk around with, like, the big old flags. And they have, like, a predetermined route with, like, 20 people. Yeah. And she gets fired because she, like, takes them to, like, secret places that aren't public. And, like, loses people and gets mm-hmm. off schedule. And, like, it seems like mm-hmm. not only should she be fired from the tour company, but that there would be people in the city of Rome who would be like, this expat is a menace. Yeah. <laughs> they also never address that, like, it may be tricky to be self-employed in a foreign country. Correct. Like, the... <laughs> It's not as easy as, like, here is my Google Doc business plan. I'll send it to you. No, I had friends who were tour guides, and, um, it, yeah, it's like, first of all, you don't just, like, wake up one morning and be like, I run a tour company now. Like, that's not how client bases work. Nope. Also, she had to get investors. What are they investing in? Tour companies don't really have infrastructure. Right, like, are they just paying for the upfront costs of those GPS trackers? Like, it's like paying for a bunch of her marketing and her domain name. Then they are, so they're, like, getting together, and his boss from New York keeps calling him to be like, did you close the sale? And he says, we do business a little differently over here. And then he decides to make her a Christmas ornament at the studio of the guy whose business he's trying to acquire, and then the guy's like, hey, you understand the spirit of Christmas, so I'm going to give you my gener- generational business. And then he closes yeah. the sale, and then he and Lacey have a long conversation about how they're going to make this long-distance relationship work. And then they break up, because he says he's going to stay until New Year's, and then he decides he's not, because he's going to become VP of the whole company. And then... She's ignoring his calls, he's about to leave, and then she races to St. Peter's Square, and they decide they're going to make it work anyway. And then he moves to Italy. Yeah. That's the rest yes. of the plot. Yeah. That's it. I think my favorite part was that they were very braggy about how they shot this yep. in Rome um, yep. on location. And they did a good job of, like, hanging a lot of, like, garland and wreaths on whatever, like, foreground they were working in. (laughs) But it was very clearly not Christmas time when they made this movie. Because, like, you see the paid extras and they're wearing, like, scarves. And then you look behind them and everyone's in shorts. (laughs) 
It's That's very, so good. very good. <laughs> and like it's everything is like, like perfect Hallmark. What other thoughts do you have? Um, okay. So a few things that I'd like to talk about. Um they introduce the idea of paying it forward by buying a cup of coffee for someone else as being a uniquely Italian thing. That's fun. They um, yeah. prove that Lacey has the best understanding of Italy of anyone ever by having her make panettone and buy gelato. And... The climactic scene of the movie is this, like, action-packed thrill of a scooter ride through the infinite traffic of Rome, where she and a friend are on Vespas going approximately five miles an hour on empty streets after spending three scenes talking about the traffic in Rome. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's... It's... I feel like... Like, Hallmark's skill set is being in a very Mm -hmm. enclosed set that's well-decorated and, you know, very controlled. No. (laughs) This did not work for them. I will say, though, that... It was tough. This was infinitely better than Sensibility and Snowmen. It was, although the plots were so similar in so many ways. They were literally the same. And I was thinking about this, and I realized that last year we had, like, two or three films that also had the exact same plots. And now I'm blanking on which ones those were. But, like, it. I don't know if Hallmark just, like, like, if the writers at Hallmark get stuck and are like, it's 2019, and the only thing I can think about are businessmen who need to have their souls saved by women. I, or, like, I I don't know how it happens that we end up with all of these films year to year that are, like, thematically I mean, I the think same. that's part of it, but I think that they're trying to do this thing where they're like, women have jobs, too. But they just can't figure out how to get their businesses off the ground without those helpful men to make their business plans. <laughs> Thank God for businessmen who do business for a living. Because they can swoop in and do business for their ladies. And then their ladies can casually make them into better people who are capable of feeling human emotions. It's an equal trade. It sure is. Yeah. Both parties win here. Oh, God. You know, I was having this thought tonight. I was decorating my Christmas tree. No big Aww. deal. Aw. And I was having, I was, like, thinking wandering thoughts about Hallmark films. And I was thinking, like, you know what we really need is a film where the male romantic lead is the one teaching the woman about the spirit of Christmas and therefore, like, saving her soul. And then I realized that that was technically the romantic arc for the two leads in Christmas and Evergreen 3, Tidings of Joy. (laughs) And I just kind of forgot that entirely. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Because it still wasn't exactly what you wanted. No, they didn't. Because even then it wasn't like, we need to make this lady a better person so that she can feel the full range of the human experience. Right. Which is what it typically is for men. It was like... She just doesn't understand Evergreen. But the spirit of Christmas is still there. The spirit of Christmas is in all of us. Right. She just needs to understand the Evergreen experience. I'm building my work graphic right now, by the way. (laughs) So sorry, but keep going. (laughs) I think we're good. The other thing I'll say is that Christmas in Rome has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb versus the... 5 out of 10 that A Christmas Prince 3, The Royal Baby, received on Amazon. I'm sorry. That is horse shit. (laughs) (laughs) IMDb is just a big fan. I mean, like, I, I don't know who's rating movies on IMDb in general, but, like, no. 
There was not enough fun in Christmas in Rome. Um, would you like to re or hear a um review from IMDb? I certainly would. That's so well timed, Kirsty. This is my favorite game. Okay. This movie was beautifully filmed and well acted, and I loved seeing Roman sights and learning a little about the culture. <gasps> Did you? Okay. I only had two problems with this movie. One small, Angela huffing it around Rome all day in those heels, oh and one big. Oliver's deep and abiding focus on only business and profit sure did change quickly with zero growing pains. That being said, this movie did a pretty good job at making me think such a transformation might be possible with the right person and experiences. Well done. Oh, no! You know what I think every time I read an IMDb review of a Hallmark film? What? That these people live out here in the world? You guys got to find some standards. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Want more for yourselves, IMDb users. (laughs) Do better. Do better. Yeah. Yikes. So I can't let us fully... Go ahead. I was just going to say, there's no suggestion that he actually transforms as a person. All he does is move his high-power business role to Italy so he can live in Italy and still be the same business guy. Yeah, he gives up pretty much nothing. Nothing. Basically nothing. In fact, I would say that he achieves a higher ranking and gets to live in a better town. So, like, I don't think he really grew as a person so much as he just, like, improved his status in life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. So I can't let us transition to Christmas Prince 3 without addressing the needing. The needing! (laughs) Needgate. Needgate. (laughs) 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 Oh my god. Uh, Okay, so there's a scene in this movie where the Jones ex-husband, has to learn how to make bread because of Christmas. And so Lacey tries to teach him how to make bread. And we'll get to this in the Christmas special um, that's coming out soon because we also have thoughts about making bread in another (laughs) Christmas movie this year. (laughs) So stay tuned. (laughs) But she basically has him making dough and they're at this little station and my first qualm was that they had little cutting boards that they were kneading the dough on (laughs) and Uh I don't know about you but like I've never kneaded dough on a like 12 by 12 cutting board never on a cutting board only on my very large King Arthur baking mat right like you need some space yes and then you see how exactly he's kneading the dough and things under like make more sense because you um, see him with this little dinky dough that definitely hasn't done what it's supposed to do this dough. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for the bread they're making, it looks a little challenged. Um, yeah. And he all he's doing is like pressing his fingers into it. Yep. It kind of looks like like those weird slime videos on Instagram where he kind of, like, rolls one part over and then, like, pokes at it. Yeah. Like, when I make focaccia bread, I have to press my finger down to make all the little holes at the end. Yeah. But that's not kneading. No. But that's what it looked like. (laughs) And then, like, Lacey gets behind him to try to do the, like, sexy times we have chemistry let me help you need thing this is what we actually talk about in the thought bubble audio special because i have a burn to pick with this trope the ghost needing if you will ghost needing and she like gets behind him it starts like kind of pushing his hands and they're just kind of plunking their hands into the dough over and over no one is needing in this scene no the gluten in those poor panettones are like is so overworked i need paul hollywood to like step in and be like no like just give the gluten a minute to rest for god's sake yeah 
And like it needs to stretch. It's not stretching. I've also it's, I've it's never made good. a panettone, but like I feel like you maybe don't need it as much as you do like a white bread. Yeah. I also am pretty sure there's nuts and fruit in that. Yeah. I think and they did no... add that at one point. It wasn't in that dough they were kneading, though. That's for damn sure. No, that's true. <laughs> like, at some point, that dough needs to contain those items. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's oh, very unfortunate. Yeah. Basically, all you need to know about this film is that it's like two hours of Lacey just going, do you ever think about anything other than work? And his boss calling and saying, did you close the deal? And then him painting an <laughs> ornament. And being like, we do business a little differently in Rome. <laughs> that's literally it. That's, that's the film there, folks. Mm-hmm. All right, now on to more fun things. Okay, it's time. It's time. The moment we've it's all time. been waiting for. <laughs> it's time for Christmas Prince 3, the royal baby. <laughs> And boy, oh boy, was that a that a wild ride this that we film all took. <laughs> was a journey. This film took me on an emotional roller coaster. I spent the first like two thirds of this film being angry about regressive faux feminism, and then I spent the other first two-thirds of this film being very upset as a woman who has had a child. <laughs> yes. And then I spent the another chunk of this film having a lot of questions about why, what Netflix has done to us. And then the last ten minutes of this film, I looked into Amber's eyes and I said... This is a subversive feminist text. (laughs) (laughs) And we have changed the course of history. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. And I now have something to hope for as I look at our world leaders. (laughs) I think about the future that I leave for my daughter. This took a turn. (laughs) Oh, boy. And at no point in this film is there any kind of middle ground. No. (laughs) No. I mean, I will say, like, Christmas Prince 2 was a little sleepy. I don't really recall much of what happened in Christmas Prince 2. This one will stick with me forever. This one is deeply <laughs> um, ingrained into the gray matter of my yeah. <laughs> I'm just... I'm so alarmed. It, yeah. Whew. Yeah. So should we begin with Amber's blog? <laughs> yes. Where please. our story opens. Dear loyal readers. Dear loyal readers. <laughs> That's it. That's our show. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so... Amber's blog is back. Yes, Amber's blog. She fought the good with fight. Her followers and her clicks. Ugh. Like Meghan Markle may not have her blog back, but Amber really just prevailed. Mm-hmm. And Amber, what's Amber up to? Amber's pregnant. Yeah. So she announces that she's pregnant. By writing her, like, I guess once annual blog post that just says, like, thank you for reading my blog. I have been a royal for a year now. (laughs) And the next year will be very busy. Yeah. 
And then we zoom in on her stomach in the most bizarre white and black <laughs> lace trim dress I've ever seen. Uh-huh. It is the most disturbing. It's You're right. Like, why did it happen? It's like they put a negligee on her. Uh-huh. And then we're like, you're a royal. Go have a press conference about the economic initiatives in Aldovia. <laughs> I love that Netflix doubled down on the economic initiatives while continuing to not identify what any of them are. Yeah, no. Like, that's, I just love their commitment to not giving us any filler content. It's modernizing Aldovia. Yes. Modern. So she gets to have a say in what happens. Yeah. But not too much of a say because <sighs> protocol. Yeah. 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 So I feel like we get into this treaty nonsense pretty quickly, right? Yes. Yeah, so like at the so at the press conference where she's wearing the negligee, they announce they go through this cutesy routine that they clearly have established with the reporters where, like, no, they won't reveal the name, and no, they won't reveal the gender, and no, we still won't reveal the gender. And then they're like, okay, this is going to be Queen Amber of New York's last appearance, except, except for the traditional treaty signing that only happens once every hundred years. Yep. And then the king and queen of Penglia. <laughs> yep. Arrive because they're going to sign the treaty. And apparently, yep. like 600 years ago, Aldovia and Penglia <laughs> had a big war. And on Christmas Eve, they just kind of decided they didn't want to have the war anymore. So they signed a big old treaty, and every 100 years, obviously, yeah, they all get together and sign the treaty again. And if the treaty is not signed by midnight on Christmas Eve, then the countries automatically go back to war, even though neither country has a military. Right. Yes. And somehow DocuSign has not come to Aldovia yet, so they have to do this in person. Nope. It has to be on this real, real old scroll that the wedding planner from A Christmas Prince to the Royal Wedding thinks is tacky. We do see a nifty map uh, of Aldovia and Panglia, and the only other identifiable country on this map is Belgravia, which is neat for Netflix and super cool. You know, I didn't even catch when I when I saw the name on the map, I recognized it as vaguely familiar, but I didn't pay attention to why until I was reading an article about how horrifying it is that the map that they use to show Aldovia and Penglia is overlaid on top of real actual existing Europe. And therefore, yep. this whole franchise fully ignores thousands of years of European history. <laughs> and that's where it says that Belgravia or whatever is from that that one Vanessa movie. You know what I was also alarmed by related to maps and Belgravia this hmm. week? I learned that Belgravia is like a neighborhood in London. Is it really? Uh-huh. <laughs> well... I saw it on a map and I was like, wait a minute, is that Netflix just trying to pull one over on me or is Apparently. that real? I feel a little yeah, shitty so. for spending our entire episode last year talking about how Belgravia is a bad name. I mean, it still can be. It's, okay. it's I mean, Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good name. I'm just saying that it didn't come off the top of someone's dome at Netflix anyway. I guess not. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, so the Penglians are also, they're also, like, apparently all of Asia. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Which that's fine. Because I think Netflix was trying to do, <laughs> trying to do the right thing by not doing all white people. Yeah. And then maybe forgot that, like, 
I don't know. I, I think Netflix just, like, doesn't really care about the su- suspension of disbelief. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. And so they were like, oh, it doesn't matter. Except yeah, it all just seemed like... Anyone on the internet can talk about is the fact that this, that Peglia is Asian and no other country is. Well, right. I think that's more the, like, weird part. Yeah. <laughs> And there's no evidence like, of, like, any kind of, of like, cultural mixing. Like, there's no sense that Aldovia and Belgravia exist on, like, a cultural spectrum. Uh-huh. All the way to Penglia, the way that, like, countries in a geography tend to culturally blend. Like, it basically seemed the same as, like, look at these people from the Far East. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's how it a lot of that. felt. So, yeah. Yeah, it it raises a lot of questions about how Netflix views world building. Uh-huh. And the relationship that it holds with its viewing audience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they arrive, and um, Amber is like hype as hell to do some feminism because she's modernizing Aldovia. And Mm -hmm. Queen Ming of wherever the fuck is... Penglia. It sounds like penguin, but not quite. Penglia. I just... (laughs) So when I was, like, a small child, my friends and I used to, like, make up places and, like, video... (laughs) Like, we had a video game we were gonna design, so we had, like, a video game world. And... You just, like, make up <laughs> dumb names that sound yeah. like places, and that's what Penglia sounds like to me. Yes, correct. Right? hmm Anyway. So, Queen Ming of Penglia is very conservative and doesn't believe that she should take credit for any work that she's done and doesn't believe that it's a queen's role to take any of the spotlight and... Amber really wants to sign the treaty and to have the Queen of Penglia sign the treaty. And the Queen's yes. like, no. That's bad because of lady reasons. And tradition. And tradition. This is a 600-year-old document. You don't simply put a woman's name on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> One does not simply sign a treaty. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, and then, wouldn't you just know it, a big old storm hits Aldovia, and the one airport is shut down indefinitely, and now the king and queen of Penglia are stuck there. Yep. And then we find ourselves in a clue game. Yes. So we find out someone has stolen the treaty, and <laughs> that was good. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> and it has to be one of the people that are stuck in the castle because no one else can get to or from the castle in the storm. And there's equally like too much panic and not enough panic over this. <laughs> They literally are like, please distract the king and queen of Penglia while we just, like, look around for the treaty. And they're like, let's play an old family Christmas board game. (laughs) That's normal. Like, no one wants to play your board game. No. (sighs) That's like us taking out the networks. (laughs) At any kind of function ever. Like, the CEO of your company comes to your office and then like I don't know something happens to the internet and now there's no social media and you're like well in the meantime (laughs) I'm gonna explain my family tradition of the networks to you (laughs) it takes up three dining room tables but it's totally normal and fine It's fine. This is a fun game that requires no (laughs) spreadsheets. 
Yeah. Yeah. No one likes us when we become that person. No. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. So now they're trying to keep him busy so that they, like, don't know how bad the treaty is. As if, like, if you were a guest in someone's house and something went missing and you were the only guest, you wouldn't think you were a suspect. Don't they sneak into their room at one point? They sneak into the uh, wedding planner's room. Oh, sure. Yeah, and then they have this, like, I don't know, executive assistant lady who is one of the red herrings, and they, like, never really investigate her either. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Even though they spend the entire movie being like, she has an ulterior motive because this skanky slut is flirting with this other guy. Right. And then Amber, while all this is going on, is, like, waffling between being, like, I'm pregnant, I don't have to think about this treaty, I have better things to think about, and being like, okay, everyone think about this treaty. The only thing that matters is me finding this treaty, because I'm a journalist, and I solve all of the mysteries in Aldovia. (laughs) Yeah, there's been some sort of, like, misunderstanding where Netflix has assigned, like, detective work and journalism the same function. Yeah, they're not quite... (laughs) Which, like, they can be, but also they don't inherently, like, match, especially when you're running, like, a lifestyle blog. (laughs) (laughs) Is there not, like, a, I don't know, like, a single security person in the castle? Or, like, State (laughs) Department? Or some other kind of high ranking intelligence operation other than the one dog? In the country of Aldovia. <laughs> Any IT person at all. A single one. Nope. I like how after the treaty is stolen, the queen mother or king mother or whatever the fuck is like, I've been saying for years that we need to upgrade the security ever since you infiltrated the palace. <laughs> yeah. That felt like some real... Ralph feelings. <laughs> Felt like some... I... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah, gonna go down that tough. road. <laughs> it was tough is what Kelsey's getting at here. Yeah. Um. So she... So the... As the treaty is missing and they are, like, bringing in dogs to sniff it out and pulling hijinks to look in everybody's room, Amber is also... Um, making her birth plan. Oh, here we go. And also (laughs) hanging out with her gynecologist, who I guess is really into, like, hypnotherapy. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And and there's lots of really fun and completely harmless hijinks, such as the entire family busting in in the middle of one of her ultrasounds to try to find out the gender of the baby. I mean, that's what happens when you have your ultrasounds in your home. For sure, 100% normal behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. The one thing I could not get past, and, like, we will talk about Queen Amber of New York's labor when we get there. But the one thing I could not get past was them a thousand percent, like, doubling down on the gynecologist referring to contractions as surges. (laughs) (laughs) I just couldn't fucking get there. Nope. I like to think that that would have been true even if I had never had a child. But now it's just an icky word in this context. (laughs) No one asked for this. No one asked for any single fucking part of this. No. She also has this, like, little novelty book that says My Perfect Birth Plan on the cover, and it's, like, 300 pages worth of just, like, paper to write out your birth plan. And I just don't know what Netflix and or Queen Amber of New York think (laughs) you need to write down in advance of birthing a child. (laughs) 
<laughs> she really just wants to make sure she's crossed all the T's and dotted the I's, you know? <laughs> they also spend, like, ten scenes on the king of Aldovia panicking about, like, turning on a baby monitor and building a crib. Yep. He's the worst. He's the worst. He has nothing. He continues to be, like, such a dud. Oh, no. Where'd you go? I'm here. I said he's nothing. Oh, no. Oh. Yes, he's nothing. He's nothing. He's just a big old blob of nothing. I would rather have Joan's shitty ex-husband. Yeah. Um, and then once again, they've decided for the second film in a row that it's all going to be Simon's fault, even though we learned last film that Simon is not that shady. Right. She also has a friend who's, like, kind of in love with Simon, and that's weird. Well, she, like, thinks it's a bad idea. Yeah. The whole time, but doesn't really tell her it's a bad idea, and then is like, oh, yeah, you're getting married now. Yeah, when they get engaged at the end um yeah basically we'll get they, there like do a lot of work to throw in like a million and a half red herrings and then it's just like the butler stole the treaty because of a family blood oath that we a thousand percent do not spend enough time on we spend a lot of time on sorcery and curses and how sorcery yeah. was popular in history until like recently and we spend yeah. no time on blood oaths handed down from family <laughs> to family via the butler. It's so wild. And, like, is there a lineage of butlers in Aldovia? It would have to be, right? In order for someone in the family to stay close enough to the royal family to fulfill the blood oath. <laughs> This is so complex. Does no one do background checks? Does no one do background checks? It's like that time in Evergreen when they had to wait three decades to reveal the advent calendar. <laughs> oh, no. Like, giving their children the exact amount of information no, to find no. it on the exact right day. No. Except a butler and a treaty. I will say, I was having a whole thought... <sighs> About how this movie really jumped the shark, like, many times over. <laughs> but how, like, a lot of the key plot points are not that different from the many times that Outlander has jumped the shark. <laughs> 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 Including, like, a curse <laughs> on a baby. Um, sure. Hauntings. Uh, and uncalled for proposals. <laughs> also geopolitical tension. <laughs> You know, it's not good. It's just not good. It's not good. I think that may just be a sign that, like, at this point, we watch too much content and also talk about it a little too much. We sure do. I think it's a reflection on us. This. But also, I also on like Netflix. that I've just now adopted your train of thought as mine as well. <laughs> we, are, we are one. We are one. You said this out loud to me, and I have now entertained this thought as my own. Yep. <laughs> it works. Good work. Um. So then, I don't know, like, a lot of stuff happens over the course of time. And before you know it, Queen Amber of New York is in labor. Here we go. Here we go. She's, like, going into labor early because of all the stress of God only knows what. Wait, we didn't but do her like... baby shower. Oh, let's talk about the baby shower. <laughs> so in the midst of the really time-pressing issue of trying to find the missing treaty with no help from security and just a bunch of hijinks and bruises to get them by... Um, they decide they still have to have Amber's baby shower, even though no one can get there but the people who are in the castle, one of whom stole the treaty. And her dad's like, this is just what the castle needs right now. How, how come he could come to the castle? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. 
understand. Anyway, yeah, so they have a baby shower, and it's so elaborate. Um, it's like on Below Deck when Hannah gets in trouble for not setting the tables fancy enough <laughs> for theme nights. It's like when she tries to prove Captain Sandy wrong, and she goes all yes. out. That's what it looks like. And... <laughs> So they have this whole baby shower, which includes, like, her getting very generic gifts that are not personal in any way, and somehow includes a gift from the Penguins, even though they weren't allowed to leave. Yeah, the Penguins were not invited. Yeah. And, like, presumably may or may not have even known she was pregnant prior to coming, because there's no evidence that, like, well, no, that's not true. There is evidence that they have never met before. But they could have read her blog, Kirsty. They could be loyal That's true, readers. <laughs> but yeah, they somehow managed to find a gift. Yeah. So she has a baby shower and everything is great. Yeah. So good. And now so it's good. time. Now it's time. Yeah. So there's like three scenes where the OBG is like, Amber needs to rest. This is too much activity for a pregnant lady. And the king is like, I completely agree. I agree completely. Amber needs her rest. <laughs> and... <laughs> and then, lo and behold, she goes into labor because she's been doing too much work sitting on couches, I guess. Right. Um, And then, but it's like, you know, three or four weeks too early, and so everyone's really stressed. But good news, the Queen of Penglia was a volunteer midwife <laughs> for a hot minute. And all she needs in order to safely deliver this child is a heating pad and a sturdy paint roller. <laughs> things no not even so much as like a tylenol no nothing nothing <laughs> not a damn thing <laughs> just that paint roller <laughs> just the paint roller and it had to have a sturdy handle <laughs> that was very important to her it was and you know what actually was my favorite part of the paint roller what it's <laughs> sahil the wedding planner who now owns like a who now owns entertainment 720 yep <laughs> Is like, oh, I have a paint roller. And the other guy who's with him is like, why do you have a paint roller? 
and he's like so upset that Sahil has a paint roller. And it's like, okay, first of all, he's like an event planner for a multinational event planning conglomerate. Like maybe he's painted something yeah. before. Yeah. I'm just guessing. But then also it's like, that's not the craziest thing a person has ever owned. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing. Um, So then they, like, find the treaty, and everybody has to, like, hurry up to sign it before Amber goes into labor. Or, she's already in labor, but before she goes into, like, active labor. Yeah. Because there's stages, guys. Um, and, uh... All the while, there's, like, 45 people in Amber's room while she's, like, wandering around having contractions. Yeah. There's no sense of privacy. And it was traumatizing to me. (laughs) (laughs) I had PTSD. I believe that. get those people out of her fucking room. (laughs) Right? Dear God. And, like, she's just fine with it. She's just fine with everybody running around and being like, here's a status update on the treaty. Also, how are your contractions? Yeah, she's, like, not alarmed in the least. Um, yeah. Uh, also, she, um, remains as done up as Netflix could bother to do her. Yeah. Which is, like, still more done up than the average woman in labor. Yeah. She also wears pants the whole time, which I'm just going to say is a bold move. (laughs) And her OBG gets stuck in a snowbank, and her husband has to ride a horse to save her from the bottom of a mountain. Yep, he sure does. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you couldn't send the penguins on horseback? Anyone else? Anyone? No, you said your husband. Yeah. No, because the penguins have to be there to deliver the baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm choking on my whiskey again. (laughs) (laughs) We come full circle. Oh, boy. It's also through this, like, bonding time that the Queen of Penglia and Queen Amber of New York have where Queen Amber of New York discovers that the Queen of Penglia has done, like, stuff to help mothers in Penglia, and then she's like, hey, maybe we should have a policy initiative where our two countries modernize by doing things for mothers. Yeah, like, suddenly you're a mom and you care about mom things. Yeah, that's how we Amber. (laughs) Amber. Amber. Wasn't advocating for maternity leave before then. Nope. Now she went and got all knocked up, and suddenly... Although, having worked in the field, I'm just gonna say that's actually kind of how it happens. Yeah, I believe that. Which, this is, like, my plug to say to you as members of a society. To don't be that asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be that guy. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so then Amber just, like, abruptly goes into active labor, and they sign the treaty as she's presumably pushing, I guess. Um, (laughs) With an audience. With an audience, and the Queen of Penglia is so moved by this that she agrees that the two of them will sign the treaty. Yeah. So then the two women sign the treaty, and I'm not gonna lie, this is where I was like, we have now rounded the corner, this is now a subversive feminist text. (laughs) I think more women in active labor should be signing treaties. <laughs> oh, no. That's all I'm saying. Oh, boy. Um, and then she has the baby, and and it's a girl. Yeah. And the treaty is signed, and they didn't go to war. Yep. And they're going to work together on modernization initiatives for women. Yeah. There wasn't really, like, a tease for Christmas Prince 4. Did we? No, I don't think, like, there was any indication that they're making one. Oh, I thought you said we did get a no, tease. No, 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 no. Holy shit. No. 
I mean, what's left from here? Like, fast forward in time and have the coronation of the new queen? No, I mean, this whole series is literally whatever happens with Meghan Markle. So, like... It's true. Give it six months. It's gonna be her, like, quitting the monarchy or something. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that was the other thing. The reason that they kept calling her Queen Amber of New York the whole time is that at the very end of the movie, the Queen of Penglia refers to her as Queen Amber of Aldovia. Uh-huh. Because the people of Aldovia love her so much that she has officially been accepted as a member of Aldovia. Isn't it amazing how everyone in Christmas movies just loves their leaders unquestioningly? Yes. Except for the butler. <laughs> Except for the butler and his blood oath. <laughs> I wish they had spent, like, so much more time on that. Same. I have a lot of questions about that. Basically, it's like there was a love triangle between the two generals who were in the war and, like, some chick. Yeah. And the butler... The butler's ancestor, who was somehow involved in this love triangle, was just real mad about it. And so they handed it down through their family tree that someday someone had to, I guess, break the peace to get back at someone for sleeping with someone. Basically. Yeah. And 600 years later seemed like the time to do it. Yeah, like... If my ancestors 600 years ago wanted me to carry out some, like, petty agenda, I don't think I would. Not only petty, but, like, horny. Yeah, I don't think I'd give up my job for it. (laughs) (laughs) Especially one that's, like, fairly cushy. Yeah. You know, you're working in a palace for a royal family. There's not that many butler jobs these days. No, really not. Especially in a country like Aldovia. I know. Because let's be real about modernization efforts. We're talking about, like, late-stage capitalism. Mm-hmm. Sure are. Yeah. Those jobs don't come with benefits anymore, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. This was a movie we watched. <laughs> um, any other thoughts? No. I mean, yes, but no. Netflix, what have you done? Netflix, what have you done? Netflix, every year, just tries to up the ante to see how much they can inflict upon us before we all just either riot or die. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see what they add to the map next year. I know. (laughs) Wow. Yikes. I do feel like this movie was more fun to hate watch than the second one. We uh, were supposed to open the episode with our the rest of our holiday coverage and some teasers for what's coming in January. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So, teasers for what's coming in January are... We're back for, is it our fourth Pilot Palooza? Holy shit, is it our fourth? I think it is. Hot diggity. Yeah. Hot flies. So, Pilot Palooza is when we kick off the new year with um, pilots of a handful of shows that we've never seen before. Which Kirsty is salty about because I watch too much content, and Kelsey yeah, ruins Pilot Blues every year. We may be adjusting the rules accordingly, but <laughs> um, basically we throw a bunch of names of shows into a hat that we have heard are good from the general public in the year of 2019. So if you have shows you want us to watch that we haven't watched yet, please tweet them to us, or email them to us, or put them in your iTunes reviews, and we will add them to our hat, and we may watch them. We have to put at least, like, 14 in the hat to make the math work. Yep. So your help is appreciated greatly. Yes. 
Um, and then before Pilot Palooza, we're gonna close out 2019 with our favorite time of year, besides Eurovision. Um, the really fucking good television awards for nice people only. Yay! Uh, where we will give out our annual awards to those who deserve it most. This is, like, consistently one of our most downloaded episodes of the year. Yeah. So get hype. It's really, like, high pressure. It is really high pressure. It's hard to decide. Like, I've, I've started, started thinking about it. I like, three weeks ago, and I'm still, like, not at all ready. Yeah. I'm partly ready. So the awards only go to TV that aired in 2019. Yeah. So, so if you have things that you personally would like to nominate, if you want to listen to past award shows so that you can be ready for this year, um, those are on our website and in our RSS feed, which we'll give you all of the information for in a moment when we're done with housekeeping. Um, but definitely send us any recommendations for award categories or shows that you would like to potentially have us talk about. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm very excited. I'll also... Eh, we'll sit on that for another week. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough teasers. It's a lot of teasers. It's a lot of teasers. Okay. Well... If you have thoughts about these things, or more importantly, thoughts about Christmas Prince 3 and Amber's birthing plan, please tweet them to us at HateWatchWithUs, or email us at HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com, or leave us a five-star, or four-star, I guess, iTunes review, and tell us about them there, too. Yeah. You can also find our website, HateWatchWithUs.com. We have our backlog of episodes there, so that's where you can find our old awards and pilot paloozas from previous years. And somehow in there, I think we link out to Thought Bubble Audio, but they um, have a lot of other shows. They have shows that we didn't even know about that now we know about. It's great. Um, You can listen to Beer with Geeks, um, Batwoman TV Talk. I think that's a new one. Uh, Loud yeah. Women and Academy Rewind and a bunch of other great shows. And you can keep an eye out for our Thought Bubble holiday special, which is basically another Hate Watch holiday. And it's a delight and it's coming to your feeds shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <sighs> so. That's all the things. That's all the things. Um, so thanks for listening, and we'll be back with more holiday content. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, see you then. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Kate Middleton wore the Queen's jewelry at an event last night, and people are freaking out. Doesn't she do that all the time, though? Apparently. Instagram's, like, going wild. There were several pieces. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. I thought, like, pretty much everything that any of them wore. Well, they have their own. Sometimes they have their own. Oh. I think. Oh, this 